Joining me on the line is the 3rd District Congressman Jim Banks. Of course, he's also running uh, for Senate. Congressman, how you doing, man? Hey, Casey, good to be with you. You too. Um, sorry we weren't able to link up when I was in D.C., but it was good to see some of your your staff. Uh, they're always very welcoming and, and very kind, so I was glad that I was able to do that. But, man, this has been a busy, busy couple of weeks, and especially on, on your side. I, I have two things specifically to talk about when it comes to West Point and then this ridiculous stuff that came out of the Pentagon here this week as well. So we have the West Point Academy this role-playing exercise for cadets to respect pronouns. Um, This is like the, remember the Navy training video on pronouns and and all of that stuff. Tell us what's going on here and what you're doing to fix this problem. Well, it's embarrassing. Uh, Wokeness is weakness. And when we project this type of political garbage in the military, it tells our adversaries that we're not serious. It projects weakness around the world. So playing pronoun games and a, a pronoun obsession at West Point or at the Naval Academy or any of our, our service academies or pushing this kind of woke ideology on the men and women in uniform of our military is, uh, is dangerous. And uh, we just had a hearing. I just walked out of it. I'm the chairman of the Military Personnel Subcommittee on the Armed Services Committee. And we just had a hearing on, on wokeness in the military and the, the DEI training uh, General Milley himself estimates that about six million plus man hours have been spent on woke training just since Joe Biden became commander in chief in the military. And I ask all of the all of the service uh, leaders and the undersecretary of the Pentagon who oversees all of this all this political garbage to justify it. How do you justify a single man hour spent in DEI training? And not a single one of them could give me any empirical evidence or. Uh, any reason at all why the military would be focused on that rather than dedicating, let's say, six million man hours toward defeating China. Instead, mm-hmm. it's all about priorities and their priorities are backwards and wrong. And I think it I think it dangers our position around the world because China and Russia, Iran, North Korea, they're laughing at us. Have you ever seen the I actually just did a segment on DEI. Uh, John Stossel came out with a new video congressman. And in there, he highlights how Harvard found out that you know, when, as we've had several years of DEI training, there's actually less black women in managerial positions, and it's actually been harmful for the so-called cause of diversity. But, you know, I know it's a cliche, but it's absolutely true. When you get in the military, they tell you you're all equally worthless. Everybody's green. Doesn't matter what your skin pigment is. Everybody's green. You're all worthless. You're all a part of a team now. Your your color is now what your branch is. That's what it is. And when we start seeing... Uh, these these camp not campaign ads but these uh, recruitment ads. Have you seen the the montages of Russia's ads, China's ads, and then our ads for recruitment? <laughs> I mean, it's it's laughable, right? I mean, the Chinese military, the People's Liberation Army, is not diverse at all, and they don't do DEI training in the Chinese military because they're focused on beating America and defeating America. That that's what they're focused on. So. As, as this administration, uh, the Biden administration, spends that much of their time focused on that, you can, you can quickly understand why, the, why we have such a frustration about their lack of prioritizing what really matters. That, that being said, I, I wore the uniform. I served in Afghanistan. I served in the Navy Reserve, and I found the military to be richly diverse. In fact, sure. statistically, it's more diverse than the general population of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. So 
as they push as they push this political agenda, and that's exactly what it is. They're doing more harm to our military than good. Well, yeah, these are from people who don't understand the Brotherhood. They've never they've never had that. Um, and what we do find typically, at least from right here with my people, you've probably heard the same thing, Congressman, is that they ignore this. They just go back to the unit. They go they go back to their you know their their normal day to day jobs, and they ignore this stuff. And they all kind of roll their eyes at it. But at the same time, like you pointed out, you know, you've got all of this time, all of this effort, all of this money going into this. You throw that in with a society that is softening our, especially our young men, and they get in there. They're going to be more susceptible to that in future generations than the people who are in now. And this creates a real problem because China has a national policy. You know this, Congressman. As a national policy, they're trying to they're trying to harden their young men because they view their young men as very very soft from the the one child policy and there's an active effort by their government to make them not soft make them not weak to make them more masculine and tougher and we're going in the exact opposite direction which can only lead to problems down the road yeah that's exactly right i mean i i, I think often about reagan era peace through strength right mm-hmm. teddy Roosevelt, president teddy roosevelt talked about speak softly and carry a big stick i mean mix your presidential metaphors and what they're both talking about is American strength. And today, this this uh, this president, this commander in chief, this administration is projecting weakness like we've never seen before. Also, take into account this year is the 50th anniversary of an all volunteer force in the military, and we have the biggest recruitment crisis that we have ever had. Every branch of the military is way short of their recruitment goals. So I, I often ask. How can you expect the next generation uh, of young men and women in this country to step up to the plate and do what I did, what so many others have done, to raise your right hand and take an oath to protect the Constitution of this, of this great country, knowing that when you take that oath, you might give the ultimate sacrifice in duty to your country, if at the same time you're telling our kids in school that America is racist, inherently evil, how do you expect how do you expect the next generation to step up to the plate and want to serve this country when you're teaching them this anti-American uh, garbage that the left is pushing on them every day in schools and even pushing on our troops in the military? It's not sustainable for a country. And that's why I've made it my mission in the Congress to fight back against it. Yeah, we got polls from Generation Z, least patriotic generation we've ever had. Um, I, I don't know if you saw this. This is something that just kind of got on my radar today, Congressman. Uh, this was in the American Journal of Public Health, and it showed that U.S. military bases, uh, DOD medical providers, said that the only pathway for children of military members who present with gender dysphoria symptoms is to immediately move towards gender-affirming health care, such as puberty suppression and affirming hormones. They called it a basic human right, that youths have an inherent ability and right to consent to gender-affirming therapy as young as seven years old. This is at military bases, Congressman, where you have your mil- your military health providers on these bases that are now going to steer members of the military towards gender transitions for their seven-year-old children. Yeah, this is pure insanity and, and child abuse uh, on top of that to uh, push this on our kids. And, and the taxpayers are paying for it. I mean, it's just... it's. It's wrong. Um, we're fighting back against it. Uh, we have a Republican majority in the House, a Demo- Democrat majority in the Senate, and a very left-wing Democrat president. So we've got to use the leverage of this new Republican majority to fight back against crazy left-wing causes like that one. It's just it, I, it, it disgusts me to even 
think about it and talk about it. But as a member of the Armed Services Committee, I'm telling you, we're fighting back against it. So what are some of the things that can be done? You know, people hear about this all the time and and got people like you fighting against it. And you're obviously doing the right thing and exposing it when you have these committee hearings publicly. But what is actually going to be done to change the way that West Point operates? You know, a couple of years ago, for crying out loud, we had a graduate at West Point who had communism will win on the inside of his cap. Uh, you know, this is something that is starting to infect the in, all of the branches of the military consistently, and we've got to do something about it. So what can be done, what is being done, and what are the steps looking like? And, and maybe is that why you're looking at your, your Senate run? Do you feel like you can do more over on that side of the aisle? Yeah, wokeism is a cancer that will eat America inside out if we allow it to. So we've got to, we've got to cut the head off of the snake. We've got to, we got to um, do everything we can to eradicate wokeism in our country, in our society, within the government. This administration, the Biden administration, never forget this. One of, one of Joe Biden's first acts as president was to sign an executive order and tell every, every part of the federal government, every agency, every department, to enact an equity plan and to do things like hire chief diversity officers and advance this woke cause within the federal government itself, because the, the Democrats, uh, the left, they understand that if you do that within the federal government, then you can then you can infect the whole country and the whole society at the same time, too. So what do we do about it? we got to defund it. And, and again, while we have a majority in the House, a very narrow Republican majority, we don't control the Senate or the White House. But we can use our leverage in this case to defund it. And, and that's what we're focused on, on the Armed Services Committee, defunding it in the military. I'm on the Education Committee, defunding it uh, with federal money that goes to schools that pushes this agenda as well. There's so much that we can do if we have the backbone and the courage to do it. Why, why am I running for the United States Senate? Because I see the fight in the House. and I look over a lot of the times at the Senate. And I'm talking about Republicans in the Senate mm-hmm. who roll over way too often. They don't fight back against it. And that's why I'm running for, for the Senate, because Indiana is a conservative state and Indiana deserves a conservative fighter in the Senate who's fighting back against these radical left wing causes that, that the Democrats are pushing. And, and I, I, I promise you, when I get to the Senate, uh, I'm going to be that kind of fighter that you expect. Congressman Banks, is there anything else that we need to know about? And, of course, how can people link up with you? And and what's the best way to contact you if they're in the 3rd District? A lot of people in the 3rd District are listening right now because I know that every member of Congress has a preferred way for their constituents to communicate, whether it's phone, email, or or some other way. Anything else you just want to close with? Yeah, we've never been easier to get a hold of, um, no matter what level of government uh, your elected officials. So engage with us on social media, at Rep. Jim Banks. Congressman Jim Banks on Facebook. It's always great to hear from you. Good to be with you. Have a good day. Thank you very much. I do appreciate your time, Congressman.